Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week, I'm joined by co-host Gramps. This is episode 52. Our guest this week is Sean McAllister of DFW Normal. How is everybody doing this evening? Doing good. Fantastic. It has been quite a week here. Um, I don't know about y'all up in the Dallas area. It's been raining like crazy down here in Austin. Yeah. We've had our fair share, I promise you. Oh, yeah. Y'all getting like flash flooding, anything like that going on right now? Not in the last few days, but we had our fair share early on last week. So this week we brought on Sean. You're the executive director of DFW Normal, correct? Oh, yeah. Guilty. (laughs) So what's going on with DFW Normal these days? Uh, Well, the main thing that's going on with us these days is planning for our march, the Texas Marijuana March and Music Festival on October 8th. And so pretty much all of our resources are focused on making that a big event highly attended, hopefully some media coverage, and hopefully the right people paying attention so they actually hear our message for once. And you've been collaborating too, haven't you, Chris? Just maybe a little bit. (laughs) Just a smidge. Just a tiny little bit. Yeah, Chris is actually making this, Chris and Austin are helping make this the biggest event we've ever had, for sure. Uh, We've never had the budget that we're bringing to this one, and that is all due to Chris and Austin and their hustling and talking to all the great interested parties. And so... That money is going to make a big difference in making a big, awesome event for people that will be memorable and hopefully get the point across. From my understanding, I've only seen like some images from in the past. I've never been able to attend one of the marches. It's been I, I, how many vendors did y'all even have vendors in the past for this? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We've had a bunch of vendors. I think the most vendors we've ever had is probably around twenty. Uh, this time, Chris measured it all out. He says we can get thirty-six. So uh, almost doubling that, which is awesome. I never would have thought we could fit that many vendors in there. So, uh, yeah, it really is going to have a festival vibe because of the number of vendors and the diversity of them. And uh, I just think it's going to be a really nice offering for people who aren't used to like seeing cannabis businesses out uh, in public. It'll be a nice opportunity to kind of like go through a vendor alley, compare products find out who actually knows what they're talking about versus, you know, just trying to sell you something. So I think it's really good for the marketplace. I think it's great for the businesses. And uh, I think it's important for the city of Fort Worth to see that we're not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the key factors right there that we're not just a bunch of hoodlums, you know, we're average everyday ordinary people. We're hoodlums in ties. Come on. We're better than that. (laughs) So I tell people now, they're like, you, you used to be like this punk guy. And I'm like, I'm just a punk in a tie now. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, going against the grain is punk rock. So. Sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, I think the, you know, of course, we've got to fill those, those 36 spots. We don't quite have all 36 of them filled yet, but I'm working steadily at it. Uh, but I think with like, like Sean said, the diversity that we're going to have, because we've got, we've got clothing vendors. Uh, we've got CBD vendors. Uh, we've got all of different hemp varieties with the Delta 8, Delta 10 uh, vendors and whatnot, uh, some artists, uh, just a wide variety. And then, of course, we're going to have the food trucks and, and everything. What I wanted Sean to, to come on and talk about a little bit more to, to kind of make people have a little more uh, at ease feeling about the whole the whole event, as well as the feature of the event, which is the march to the courthouse. Tell us a little bit about that, the interaction that DFW Normals had for the last several years with with the Fort Worth City and the police department, Sean. 
Yeah, uh, this may surprise people, but the city of Fort Worth loves us. They absolutely love us. They look forward to working with us because we're so above board about everything that we're doing. You know, we've been doing this event in Fort Worth since 2014. And to my knowledge, no one has ever been arrested during that time for cannabis consumption, even though it's rampant. Uh, You know, there's probably around 30 to 60 uh, bicycle mounted and police cruiser uh, cops just with us the entire day. And they're just there to make sure we're having a safe event, that we're not being harassed by anybody, because sometimes people come and protest our event. And in those cases, police have had to step in and protect us. And so it's been really nice to create this lasting relationship with the city of Fort Worth, a place that many people think is way too conservative to have an opinion about cannabis. But, you know, they're uh, in support of us exercising our First Amendment rights. They want to see fewer people, you know, being persecuted for this kind of stuff because it'll free up resources for their city. And, you know, it's been great because, uh, you know, since 2014, I remember the first time I walked into Central Patrol Division, the weed guy, uh, afraid that I was basically walking into the lion's den and they're going to be like, ha ha, gotcha, you know, like uh, just, just for just being there. And it just was so not like that. They were just so friendly, so respectful. Didn't, did, it felt more like a business meeting. And every year after that, it's just become more uh, fun. They have more personality. They're joking around with us. And I think that they just really love that we want to work with them because we don't have to for this event. We don't have to involve them, but we want to because safety is our priority. And we don't want to surprise the city and you know, end up with a bunch of pissed off cops coming down and you know, harassing us. Sure. So uh, they love us. They love the money we bring to the city. Oh, they course. love to serve alcohol there also. That, they're a big fan of that part of our festival. So, you know, it's really all good for us. You know, it, it, there's photos you can see of people walking down the street, smoking a joint while police are bicycling right next to them. And maybe the police don't have the best, you know, smile on their face because they don't want to be associated with uh, being soft on it. But they're out there and they're, there to protect us and ensure that we can exercise our freedom of speech. And it's, you know, I, I think it's really wonderful that the city of Fort Worth welcomes us back year after year. They don't try to like, you know, sometimes when you've got a business partner, you can tell that they're just trying to make it more restrictive every year for whatever yeah. reason. And if anything, they're less restrictive of us every year. So uh, I love it. I love being in the city of Fort Worth and I love having a thousand cannabis consumers or more marching through the streets, demanding to be heard and all the businesses coming out and seeing what we're doing. And I think it's just a really excellent showing of Texas cannabis support and why the laws need to change. I like how you put that about the First Amendment thing. People, I've had them ask me, like, how can it that you could have a parade or a march where you've got cops standing there while you're violating this law? And it's like, well, they're being paid to be on our side for the day. We're basically paying the cops to be private security. And to protect our right, like you said, to do have a First Amendment speech right. So their their ultimate goal is, one, they have to make sure nobody, like you said, anybody's harassing, trying to hurt us. And at the same time, they're, they're monitoring us to make sure we're not getting out of hand either. And we're not. We're obviously not. And that's why they're so open about this. They're like, yeah, you guys, you got money. Come on. Yeah. You want to know what's crazy, Jesse? We don't actually pay them. Yeah. We don't pay for police for our event. Never have in the city of Fort Worth. We've had to in Dallas because we were at City Hall and we had to have building security. So that was a requirement by the city. But in Fort Worth, they assign officers to us. It, we do not put the bill for it. Well, I figured ever. that's part of the, the permit. The permit fee is 
going towards that. No. And in fact, our event is actually two events combined into one. So the permit is for the park rental. Okay. We've got a permit and a reservation to rent the park. We do not have a permit to be out there smoking weed. Okay. They never give us that permission because that permission well, doesn't. Of course exist. not. No. The permit is just for the commercial side of Burnett Park rental, right? And then the First Amendment event is what takes place the second we step off Burnett Park and we're in the streets. We march to the courthouse and back, right? And so it's two events, and they they acknowledge it as two different events, which is why we have two different permissions for it. Freedom Festival and March. Yeah, and March. It's in the name. Yeah, or even calling it as such. So we are going to go into our first sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective podcast. This week, our guest is Sean McAllister of the DFW Normal. I am your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 52. Sean McAllister, DFW Normal. We'll be right back after these sponsor messages. is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week is episode 52. Our guest this week is Sean McAllister of DFW Normal, Dallas-Fort Worth Normal. For those not in the know and some reason don't know what DFW stands for. I said <laughs> that the other day. You'd be surprised how many people don't know what DFW stands for. This drives last, me nuts. This last week, somebody <laughs> is like, what does DFW stand for? Don't f- with me. That's what it stands for. How about that? anyway sean tell us a little bit about uh, some of the musical artists we're going to have at at the event well 
I'm really excited about our headlining act. It's a female Hispanic rapper who is an up and comer and just recently signed with a major hip hop label called Rock Nation. And her name is XB Valentine. And she's really talented. She's offered us a great deal on a performance that I think is going to bring a lot of value to people. And, uh, you know, the music is good. I, it, I want this to be more than just a protest. This is about coming together to celebrate what it is that we have, our, our limited freedoms that we have, and to try to push the envelope. And so XB Valentine is an excellent addition. It, it marks the first time we've ever been able to have a budget to pay for a headlining act. And uh, I think that it's going to do a lot to increase attendance and hopefully get more people to see that it's not just white guys who are interested in having cannabis legal. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited because uh, there's a budget, there's an excellent artist that's going to help us promote it. And, you know, it, it's going to be exciting to see a woman be our headlining act. That's never happened with us. And, you know, it's long overdue. And so I'm really thankful to my friend Lorenzo for hooking us up with XB Valentine and getting us this opportunity. I think people are going to absolutely love her. And then we'll have a few DJs from the local DFW rave fam scene, uh, including one in particular. His, he goes by the name Flexus. And his whole shtick is that he turns country music, country rock, country music into electronic dance music. He blends them together in a way that I've never heard somebody do before. And it is fucking awesome. And I think the city of Fort Worth, how much they love that type of music, they're going to just be surprised and delighted by what Flexus is going to hit them with on October 8th. So we'll have a few other DJs. We're still working those out, but those are the two uh, main acts, if you will. And uh, I think it's really going to bring the festival vibes to be able to have extremely talented musical acts out there, giving people some awesome music and giving us something to feel good about. Yeah, absolutely. I love um, that this is y'all. I've never seen such ecstasy about this. Usually people are like, yeah, I've got this going on. You know, we've got this event. We've got this artist showing up. Sean's like, you, you got this dude. We're going to jam, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. man to have him yeah, on. Awesome. All right. It's going to be like a Snoop Dogg show out there with the amount of weed being smoked. And, uh, you know, the city of Fort Worth, I know they're ready for it. I know they like to get high. So uh, I expect a whole lot of conservative people out there to be raising eyebrows and joints at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing that, uh, you know, you talked earlier about the first time you met with the police and, and that, that touched something close to me because the first march that I got involved in, I first got involved with, with DFW Normal, Jesse, I don't know if you know this or not even, but I first got involved with DFW Normal in 2018. So, uh, and it was actually the beginning of 2018, January, I spoke at one of their meetings, local meetings here in Arlington and, uh, then after that, they came back and asked me if I wanted to speak at the, at the march in May. And I said, well, shoot. Yeah. Before I even knew what I was thinking about, you know, I, first time I ever spoke publicly was at this little meeting where there were 30, 40 people in this little club downtown, you know, in Pantillo, Texas. And, and then it's, oh, I'm going to speak at this public event, you know, with all these people. And I mean, I did okay, I guess, but, but the thought process that he's talking about with the police, you know, I had a friend that I, I'm a lifelong friend, right? I invited him to come with me. So he rode with me and I told him, I said, we're just bringing enough to last us while we're there. We're not going to have anything in our possession when we get in the truck to come home, you know, cause I'm not taking any chances. And, and it was like, you didn't have anything to worry about. 
I mean, it was piece of cake. They didn't care. As long as you don't get obnoxious, walk up to them and flaunt it at them or blow it in their face, they don't care. What would you say is the biggest uh, that you haven't mentioned yet? Because everything's been a big step so far from previous marches, Sean. What would you say is like another thing is just a big step over previous marches this year? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing, honestly, is Chris and Austin. Honestly, the, the two of them together have been able to transform this into the pretty decent sized event that we've had in the past. The most we've ever had is about 2,500 people. Fewest we've had is under 1,000. Uh, I think that having them on the team and just setting them loose, letting them do what they're good at, is really, you know, it's the game changer. And it's what's going to make this event so great. And it's, you know, having a dream of mine come true, having the two of them on a team with me, because the two of them are all stars. And so they just elevate the people who are around them. And, you know, it takes one to no one, John. uh, Thanks, man. Uh, But yeah, having them has enabled us to do all this bigger stuff, bigger budget, more vendors, uh, you know, the talent that is going to bring a crowd of people out there. All these things are part of a recipe that's going to make this a big event. And, you know, it really starts with the base ingredients of Chris and Austin. Well, we appreciate the plug there. Uh, you know, my my thought process in all of this, when I first reached out to John, uh, which was way back in, I think, March, when we first started talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my thought process was, especially once we started leaning toward a fall date, uh, for obvious reasons, just that this is so damn hot in Texas, right? So uh, once we started leaning toward that fall date, then then things started to click in my mind. Okay, now we're going to have this big event, which is typically one of the largest marijuana slash cannabis events in the history of Texas uh, that I know of anyway. And uh, we're going to have it basically a month before the midterm elections when our senators and representatives are being reelected or elected for their first terms. And uh, which is five weeks before they're all going to start pre-filing bills, you know, so, and then three months before they're going to enter the session and start working on those bills. So the, the wheels just started turning and the thought process was we're just going to check box after box after box as we go right into the end of the year, full steam into the session. Loud and proud for what I'm thinking. Sean, is there anything about the festival you want to plug or anything you think people should check out right now as this approaches? Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the biggest thing, the most important thing about this festival, besides showing up and telling people about it, is for the first time, we're like really clear on our message, what we want, yes. what we're protesting and what the solution is, needs to be clearly defined. And, you know, wanting marijuana laws to change is great, but that's that's broad. And so we decided that we needed to get really specific and so what I want anybody who's even thinking about coming to this event, I want them to be able to articulate when asked what the point of this event is. OK, and yeah. it's two specific points that we decided on. Number one, the state of Texas, every municipality, county, city, whatever, needs to immediately stop harassing, arresting and imprisoning adults for cannabis possession, period. No rules other than that. They Amen. need to stop arresting us and harassing us. It's not, it should not be enough for you to be a black man uh, to get pulled over and have a, a joint hanging out the window for you to be stopped and have your life ruined. That has to end. We're way behind the rest of the country on this. And I think it's a really easy thing to change and fix. 
We're not legalizing anything all of a sudden. The laws are still the same. We're just calling on the counties and the cities and specifically Tarrant County, Tarrant County District Attorney and Sheriffs to stop harassing and arresting and imprisoning adults for responsible cannabis possession. That's all. Number one. Number two, stop harassing Texas cannabis businesses who are operating in full compliance with state and federal laws. These businesses have already gone through way more hoops than your average business is going to have to just in order to exist. All right. So any business who is getting harassed by local law enforcement, getting their uh, their inventory stolen, just getting their customers profiled, all that shit has to end immediately and especially in Tarrant County. So those two things are the point of this. And anyone who wants to come, who wants to talk about it, I want them to be able to say why this event is important. It's not just to get together and talk vaguely about changing marijuana laws. It's really not even about changing any laws. Honestly, it's about the county and the city just easing up a little bit and letting us exist as responsible consumers who are number in the millions out here. Yeah, it's we can't expect much from our state at a state level at this point. It's it's insane to do so. We're, we're, and we're watching as Austin's done it. The city of Austin has went, you yeah. know, we don't have to, we can codify this. We don't have to pull this crap anymore. San Marcos is likely they're going to be the next one to go down with it, along with Denton. These people are going, hey, if we have to put this in our protocol, that this is the bottom priority, let's do it. It shouldn't be a priority at all. My my dream, honestly, would be for cannabis to be the lowest priority enforcement for every city and county in the state of Texas. And that is lower than jaywalking. I want it to be so low that they're catching jaywalkers before they catch somebody responsibly possessing cannabis. And that is my shoot for the moon. If we could get that, honestly, I don't care if we ever legalize it. If we could just get that one thing and allow us to not have to worry about going to prison for a plant, you know, that'll change the entire nature of cannabis businesses and cannabis uh, consumers in the state of Texas. Yeah. I always talk about the warped priorities in this state, how an adult can give a child a gun and they can take it into the school. And as long as they don't shoot anybody, it's only a class C misdemeanor for doing that. But yeah. if you've got even a little speck of flour, it's a class B. If you've got even a speck of concentrate, it's a felony. And it's like, why is that prioritized over a kid having a f- gun in school? Doesn't make any sense. So why is it prioritized over bullying in school? Why? Un- I could think of a hundred things yeah. that could be a better use of any uh, law enforcement's time. Or even just like student faculty. There's so many other things we could do other than worry about cannabis consumption. Do I think kids should be smoking it? No. Are they? Yes. In every school in Texas. And it's because it's totally fucking unregulated. And they can just hit it wherever the hell they want. And honestly, there's still a shitload of sex appeal about being an illegal cannabis consumer in a state like Texas. And it's kind of rock and roll. It's kind of hip hop. It's kind of whatever to be rebellious and let cannabis be this thing that is your, you know, part of your symbol, man, to be like anti-establishment. Well, if we change that and all of a sudden the shit was as cool as Grandma Gladys's glaucoma medicine, be a lot fewer kids who are fucking around with weed because it's not as interesting. Yep. Oh, that's what Grandma does. Oh, no. Grandma smokes weed. I don't like how it smells. Grandma's singing about marijuana. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Come on, Grandma. You know, can you turn down Bob Marley when you pick me up from school? (laughs) 
Yeah, don't play that so loud. If you remove the sex appeal from it, you know, that's going to do a lot in reducing kids' interest in it, I think. You know, because right now they see cool-ass people like Snoop Dogg, who's known for being a weed head, performing at the halftime show. Okay? You know, so it's like, what's the, what's, what is really the message being delivered to youth? Well, I mean, and they even they even talked about before he went on, you know, they showed him in, in his booth and said, look, we believe he's in there smoking right now, you know, getting ready for the show, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, what kind of message is that sending? Right. I mean, let's let's shit or get off the pot, folks. Yeah, it's, it's cool to if you can get away with it. Yeah. And, all right. So it's cool to break the law and get away with it. Really? That's what we want to teach our kids. So we know, I said, we, I know we're, we're on a time crunch with you tonight, Sean, where can people find out more information about the March and DFW normal? Yeah. So you can go to Facebook and type in the Texas marijuana March and freedom festival. It should pull right up. It's got an event page or you can go to dfwnorml.org And there's basic page, not a whole lot of info, but you know, a little bit, uh, enough to get started on what we're doing, why we're doing it, and when and where to be. And I want to add, we've linked to that on our website under our events tab on the Texas Canico website, texascanico.com. So if any one of those, Marijuana Freedom Festival March on Facebook, you can come to our website. We've linked to that. Find out more information. You can get in touch with these two. If, you're looking, you want to, if, you're, if you want to be a vendor, you want to be there and put your product out, contact us. Reach out to either Sean or Chris. The operators are standing by. You know, the vendors are cool, but here's what I would really love. Bring your mom, show up yeah. and bring your mom or bring your grandma yeah. or bring your doctor or somebody bring somebody that needs to see that this is mainstream and that it's not a tiny group of, it's not a tiny segment uh, and it's very diverse. And I want yeah. people to see that it's a full uh, gamut of ages, ethnicities, every, group is represented by the cannabis culture and so this event is meant to let people come out of the cannabis closet join us in the light of liberty and pursue a little bit of freedom as responsible adults and and demand our freedom absolutely all righty well we thank you for your time with this sean we're going to go back into another sponsor break we come back chris and i are going to talk a little bit more about the event we'll wrap up the episode for episode 51 i'm your host jesse williams that'd be me co-host is gramps this week and this is episode 52 our guest this week was sean McAllister of dfw normal we'll be right back after these sponsor messages is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. 
Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas, from traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps. back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week is episode 52. Our guest was Sean McAllister of DFW Normal. He's the executive director of DFW Normal, and he's been working alongside this wonderful individual who is my co-host now, Gramps. How do you like that, that new lead-in? I love it. <laughs> so can I get a lead-in? You know, the family wants to, wants to know yeah, that I'm they- somebody. <laughs> No, I know it's just, my name's not Austin. <laughs> you you don't look. You got a beard of a Persian guy, but you don't look Persian. Nah, more Italian. <laughs> Those the long, name sounds more Italian too. <laughs> always think of the movies where like they take place like outside of Egypt for some reason, and they they've hired random dudes with like these Abrahamic beards. As I like to call them biblical beards. Yeah, yeah. My well, it was my sister first time she saw it. You know, with COVID, we didn't see each other for a while. So, and that's when I grew it when COVID hit, right? So she saw it and she goes, "I'm just in a picture." And she says, "What are you doing with that that uh, Amish beard?" I said, "It's not an Amish beard." I said, "Amish don't have a mustache; they just have the beard. That's it." You know, and she goes, "Looks like an Amish beard to me." <laughs> okay, everybody, get on the ark. <laughs> Well, I don't have one if you're looking for one. <laughs> I was surprised when I, I first saw you with the beard because I'd never seen you with the beard like that. You always clean yeah. shaven, all cleaned up, all nice and edged up, even if you had somewhat of a little beard going on. And it's like, saw you like this. It's like, man, yeah, those guys been through a rough uh, patch. <laughs> well, you know, uh, actually in 2020, I had had uh, cervical spine surgery, had, had an artificial disc put in. And of course I had to shave and I got, I shaved my head and everything for that. And then I had to work from home for three weeks or something like that before they'd let me drive again. Right. So, uh, which boss was fine with, uh, but I'm sitting here working from home and all the COVID broke loose and, and everybody, all the uncertainty and the unknowns and everything. So the boss said, you know what? You stay home. I'll call you if I need you. You just stay working from home. I need to keep you healthy. You stay right there. Yeah, you're doing fine. You know, well, if we need you, we'll call you. So I, about four or five months, you know, at home, I just didn't shave. 
And then when I went back to work, I said, went back to the office. I was like, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> but like you the know? military where they're like, you were allowed to not shave while you were gone, but you were back. So get yeah, rid of you're it. you're back. Get rid of it. And cut it off. But now the boss took one look at me and he goes, nice beard. Said, Thanks. <laughs> Gonna be going Been to some Z, be going to some ZZ Top concerts here pretty soon. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at any rate, you know, I wanted to I want to touch base on something that John was talking about earlier uh, with the march uh, with with this whole event, and, and it really has been like a dream of mine to make this one the largest. You know, and he, he started to kind of touch base on that. We've had up to twenty five hundred people in the past, and uh, I really am. I've got my fingers crossed that we're going to do better than that. And I'm trying to put the message out there. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm trying to, to portray the message and, and you'll probably start to see this more online uh, as, as the, we get closer and closer because we're a little over four weeks out now. Uh, but the message I'm trying to tell everybody now is something along the lines of what Sean was touching base on with uh, uh, bring somebody like your grandma or your aunt, your uncle, you know, somebody that, that needs to be brought into the know. That maybe isn't, but I want to go a step further than that and say that uh, if you're an advocate of any nature for cannabis law reform, for whatever reason, be it the medical side of things, be it you've been adversely affected on the legal side of things, or you just feel that it's time, right? If you're in that that corner of the world, make a trip to Fort Worth. The louder, the prouder, and the more diversity we can show the more noise we're going to make with the media and everybody else. Right. So that's the kind of message I'm trying to push. It's, it's difficult in this state because our state is so huge. Like I, I get it. There's people who like, I'm going to be there. Yeah. And it's not well, just because I, mean, I kind of have a, a duty to be there. And I, I, <laughs> I, but I want to be there. This yeah. is finally, I have an opportunity where I go, you know, I want to be there. I can be there. So I'm going sure. to be there. But I get it as well. There's people who live in Austin that they go, I'm not, I can't make the three and a half, four hour drive. That's just not feasible for me. And then there's people who are, they're in San Antonio. They're down in the Valley. Got sure. people out in El Paso. It's our state is, we're, a, we're just a country for traveling. Really interestingly, we are. And um, it, it becomes difficult to get people from all over. But the point I get you're trying to put is that we need we only numbers just have numbers, but numbers show that there are people interested in this, that yeah. there are people who are wanting to see the change. And it's not just some well, passing well, thing. You, you go back to uh, what some of our fellow advocates have, have pulled up from the lips of, of the likes of Dan Patrick in the last four or five months of, well, you know, uh, the people of Texas just aren't there yet. You know, I mean, the more we can show them that the people of Texas are there, the better chance we have of changing minds. Now, uh, that's something everybody says, well, you can't change Dan Patrick's mind. I've seen harder men's minds change than Dan Patrick's in the past, oh, yeah. you know. And, and the idea is not necessarily that we change Dan Patrick's mind directly. I mean, the way this, the way, the way this system works, we have to change Dan Patrick's major donor's mind, right? That's where that's where we have to approach it from. And and that, that means the louder and more noise we make, the more they're going to stand up and go, hmm, maybe we need to stop saying no, because that's all it amounts to. There's people that fund his campaign that are telling him no. Oh, yeah. 
he probably doesn't really care. Truth, then, truth be known, you know, on a personal there's, level. There's organizations that I would say they have more, they have a broader, not broader, they have a larger megaphone with their political messaging than we typically do. They're far more organized because they've been organized sure. to, to speak for decades upon de- well be before normal was even a thing. Sure. And it's such as like the police unions and something that people are going to have to realize is that regardless of how much you may dislike the police, they're going to be around. They're going to be in existence and we're going to have to find a way to work with the police. And we're going, we don't want them doing all these things. And it's like, then let's get them the resources, the training, education to not have to do these things and not have to deal with this. Yeah. Well, well, it goes back to the, the, the same adage is, you know, the, the louder, and more noise we can make at an event such as this, where there's going to be a large number of members of the police association, right? They're going to be present. They're going to witness this diverse group. Oh, the of the lower you ask any any lower officer, you know, in the police associations, what they think of this, they're like, "Oh, I'm all for. It. I wish this could be changed." And it's like, "Well, then, y'all got to start holding some meetings, yeah, and voting yeah, to have your leadership local. be the same way because your leadership does not do that." <laughs> Well, that's what I tell everybody, you know, you got to be vocal. There's nothing illegal about saying, uh, I support this, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It can't be held against you. And I think something, I think something people don't realize as well as I think even a lot of these upper police officers, they're for it too. They want to see it change. I mean, we watched as was it one of the sheriff's associations a couple sessions ago publicly came out and goes, you know, I hear you. I understand your plight and I, I feel you and I see your concern and I understand sure. what you're wanting. He's like, and I, and I, and the guy's like, and I even empathize with you, but right now I cannot say yes to moving these laws forward. It's like the guy's saying he's on your side. There's other factors that are keeping him from even him from saying, yeah, let's do this. It's like, mm-hmm. it isn't some emotional toll that he needs to be convinced. <laughs> it's like, I've tried to point out to people, we went through austerity measures since 2008 major cuts to these departments. And it's not just police, it's fire, it's CMS, all of them. And they never saw the money come back. Yeah. It's why everything's falling apart. We don't, they need training. We cut the money from that and we never gave it back. We cut paychecks. Yeah. We, we live in it. We live in the society where, well, you know, if you pay the people better or McDonald's, they'd probably want to make your burger worth a damn. And it's like, imagine when the police have that kind of attitude. Yeah, <laughs> you, that holds true with everybody. No matter what your what your line of work is, you get what you pay for. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of getting what you pay for, um, can we talk about like vendor, but like the cost? I think we were yeah having a discussion um, about that. If anybody's interested, we still have a few spots left. Uh, You can reach out to me uh, on my. I'm doing all that on my personal email. It's just grisoliac at yahoo.com. G r i s o l i a c at yahoo.com if you're interested but vendor spots are 250 dollars for a 10 by 10 spot you have to of course provide your own canopy table and chairs and canopies cannot be staked to the ground at the park that is a no-no for the city of fort worth but uh, we also have a couple food truck spots still open uh, and uh, at the present time those are 100 bucks per spot so if you're interested, if you got a food truck or you know somebody has a food truck, have them reach out to me. Uh, and of course, you can find all that information as well on the event page on on Facebook as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to cover for this episode or if we're all fine and dandy. 
I think I think that about covers everything for the event. You know, the the, the biggest point that, that I wanted to get out there not only was that it's going to be a bigger event, it's going to be a broader event with with actually having some musical artists, et cetera, was the aspect that we kind of touched base on a couple episodes ago on was the whole interaction with the police and whatnot. And I think Sean covered that really well. Um, my recommendation for people who've never been to events like this, bring sunscreen, or at least yes. a little small amount, one of those little look like deodorant sticks. I love how sunscreen comes is sold now like a deodorant stick. Mm-hmm. Just rub it all over, <laughs> bring some sunscreen. You want to bring a water bottle. Like we're going to have, obviously we have vendors. We're going to have people providing drinks, but stay hydrated just because we're in the fall does not mean it's not going to not be hot. Doesn't mean you can't get sunburnt. And I mean, you, you don't want to go to an event like this and you leave and you look like a lobster at the end of the day. <laughs> it's not pleasant. You'll, you'll, you'll not remember the event fondly. And that's one not what we want. About, one thing good about Burnett Park is there's plenty of places to sit in the shade and whatnot too to cool off. So. Alrighty, well, that is going to do it for this week here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined this week by co-host Gramps, a.k.a. Chris Grizzolia. This was episode 52. Sean McAllister of DFW Normal was our guest this week. Hope everybody has a safe week. Stay hydrated. It's still hot out there. Still getting in the mid, mid to upper 90s. Got in my car. It's like 102 today, so... Stay hydrated. Put on some sunscreen still. We hope to see you at the DFW Marijuana March Freedom Festival at Burnett Park, October 10th, 8th, 10 is 10, 8. We just had an event on 8, 10, 10, 8, October 8th at Burnett Park in Fort Worth. We will see y'all there. Have a good one. Good night.